You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This, where today I am joined by Stacey Rasky, not only an incredible expert at helping business owners become and reach their true leadership potential, but this young lady was someone who quite literally helped save the nation from biological and chemical attack. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Stacey Rasky, how are you? I am fantastic with that amazing radio voice and sultry, powerful introduction. I'm just feeling a really, really like, I want to meet her. How cool is that? <laughs> I mean, you you are that cool. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, you know, when I, from the moment I met you and, you know, for, for everyone listening to this, you're going to have to just take my word on it. Stacey, you are a, um, a striking individual. Thank you. That's, yeah. I you, really deeply appreciate that. Yeah, I you really stand do. out because, you know, you're what, eight foot tall, is that? <laughs> I have 11. I mean, okay. you know, yeah. I'm just rounded up to So you wear two foot heels every <laughs> yeah, time I see you. Yeah, um, because like right, I'm six feet and I feel like I'm shorter than you. Um, I do but you have heels. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, but you, do, you stand out in a room. But what's, what's really impressive, I think, beyond that um, is that a lot of people right now are trying to be quote unquote mindset um, coaches, right? There's a lot of these people out there. And yet you are not a mindset coach. You, you are a true expert on leadership because you're a, a veteran. I mean, you you did real leadership, not like, oh, I signed up for a course and now I'm going to teach people to be a leader because I feel that's my calling. No, you, you had a calling to be a leader, helping people the, the military and you dealt with chemical and biological warfare. What was that like? Oh my goodness. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and I think that is such a great analogy or kind of assessment of how we can have such an unorthodox pathway to truly stepping into our zone of genius and living our purpose because it was definitely an unusual pathway. Um, for me, it's funny. I mean, in the sort of metaphysical sense, I had a knowing as a child that I would somehow at some point be in the military. I, I mean, I just remember that, like maybe like nine, 10 years old, and it had nothing to do with my family. But, you know, fast forward to 22, I need a change in my life. Cause I've been on my own since I was 16. I was pretty much homeless in high school and couch surfing off my friends, friends. So it was like, okay, kind of fall into quote unquote adulting. And it wasn't quite working out in the way that I wanted to. And so it was join the military and join the army active duty at the beginning of 2001. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fast forward. And um, I did. I, I am a huge science nerd. I love it. I mean, after the military, I was a pharmaceutical chemist. Uh, my degrees in biology, but I did chemical and biological warfare detection because I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, biowarfare detection school was amazing. And then at the end of it, 
um, obviously 9-11 happened. Anthrax showed up at the Pentagon after 9-11. And so my first official deployment was to clean up anthrax at the Pentagon. That you know. is so amazingly like, you know, I stress out if someone's like, Adam, we need you to clean the office, you know, and I'm not <laughs> dealing with a biohazardous chemical. Right. That's right. funny. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And so that's like so crazy um, that, that you were dealing with that. Um, but obviously that gave you an edge on leadership. Well, it is right. Like at the end of the day, when we talk about leadership, it, it is deeper than mindset. Because I, you know, and I love that you sort of, you know, uh, alluded to that, how there's so many of these people talking about mindset, 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 and really all they're doing is superficial bullshit. They're just giving people more stuff to do. Okay. So you're feeling the fear. Well, push through it anyway. And so for me, it's something that I've learned to really own and embody that if I could be on the front lines in combat, in battle, I could be around, you know, biological and chemical agents that can kill you (laughs) and I'm totally fine with it. It was interesting how I had those moments on my entrepreneur journey where the idea of visibility really speaking my truth, owning my shit, showing up and shining, actually, I would get stuck. I would get stuck in my BS stories and sabotage cycles. And I had to take that step. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And so over the, the last really 20, 25 years between all of these different layers of leadership, I've learned that it starts with self-leadership. I was great at doing the external stuff, but to truly create the level of impact that I wanted to do, I had to go inward deeper than mindset, deeper than emotional healing and and healing the inner worthiness wounds. It was really about this building this relationship with myself in a way where it's like, okay, if I want to lead a revolution, I have to be able to lead myself. And that's literally what I walk, teach, preach, and help other people do. So in your mind, what is leadership? Mm. So I really sat with that a lot over the years, you know, like, what does it really mean to be a leader? And it is something that truly is internal. It's something that we embody effortlessly in the highest level of self-ownership. And what I mean by that is we own all the light, the awesome, the great stuff, and we own all the bullshit too. We just own all of it without judgment. This is just radically, unapologetically who I am. And because I don't judge myself, there's no judgment of others. Right. And I think this is why you and I connected so quickly and so deeply, because we both embody this type of energy where we influence those around us simply by who we are being. Mm -hmm. And that's real leadership to be conscious, to be embodied, to be visionary, because we still need plan and strategy to be influential, influential. And when you bring all of those together, with no missing pieces in the foundation, 
we actually elevate into what I call influential leadership. Which is the name of your event, just to be clear. You, you, I mean, my, well, yeah, I mean, it's my business. My, my second company is Influential. It's all of our events are our Influential quarterly events. Our in mastermind is the Influential Leadership Mastermind. <laughs> I love it. So, so here's a question. What, what, who is a bad leader or what are the qualities of a bad leader? Mm. <laughs> we could go down, but that could be a whole episode. <laughs> right. Well, right. exactly. But I think, I think it's key, right? Because the people listening here, they may not even, they might be like, yeah, I'm a good leader. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like I'm a bad leader. They would say, I'm a good leader. My team just don't like me or my team are useless. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's a lot of middle of the road leaders, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think they have certain elements and certain aspects to making them a good leader, mm -hmm. but it really requires going inward into levels of discomfort. I think most leaders are unwilling to do or just unaware that mm -hmm. are required for them to truly reach their next level because everything that we want to do externally or everything that's happening externally is a mirror reflection of something that's going on internally. And mm -hmm. so when we're willing to lean in and break down those internal walls, then everything starts to work together better externally. Otherwise it's compartmentalized. And so I see this in teams, right? People want high performing teams, but if you're compartmentalized internally, guess what? Your team is going to function the same way. Yeah. And so is your business. And it's, you know, higher levels of communication because we have to have, you know, spiritual intelligence. We have to have emotional intelligence, Spir uh, spiritual, emotional. Obviously, we have to have IQ. We have to have intelligence. We have to have all of these different levels functioning together to really be a powerful, impactful leader and lead by example. We got to own it, right? got to own it. Yeah, I Love it. I love it. And I resonate hundred percent. So, you know, here's, here's like a, a key component. You got this, somebody who's listening to this now, they, they run their business and like, they're like, how do I, how do I know if I'm being a middle of the road leader? How do I know if I'm, if I'm not um, getting there? And you know, the, the middle of the road leader thing, it actually, um, you know, it stems from uh, the dangers of literally being on a road. And I'll, I'll explain it. If you, you walk on the left side of the road, you're okay. If you walk on the right side of the road, you're okay. If you walk in the middle of the road, that's the dangerous path. That's where you get hit by everything, right? So the the, the analogy for those of you guys that may not be aware of it is that the middle of the road is the most dangerous place to be. You're, you're better off picking a side. I love it. I love it. Well, I think, I think the challenge is that being in the middle of the road actually still creates a lot of ROI, right? It can create a lot of success so we can see the results. The problem is we end up maxed out. So where I see this on the entrepreneurship side is that they're, yeah, they're leading, they're kind of stepping up into that next level, but they're maxed out. They're maxed out on time and energy. They're not leveraging their leadership. Yep. Or, you know, in a lot of these other ecosystems, whether it's the entrepreneur or the executive, what I find interesting is the common factor between all the layers in leadership is the biggest symptom is going to be your control issues. And a lot of them can be very subtle. 
There are a lot of control issues people don't realize are actually control issues. And it's like, they're very, very subtle. And those are the biggest limiting factors to truly being able to scale your results. Cause you got to scale, you got to scale you an an example example? of a subtle control issue. So um, let's say here's one this morning. I was giving feedback to one of my clients who's very early in their, in their journey with us. And it was, you know, they're getting the really, really fast results. Like they're like, this is amazing. I feel so good. Now I'm starting to worry that, you know, what if something happens to where I'm not feeling like this anymore, right? It's when we start doing the worry or the what ifs, that's the control issues around the future that eventually turn into anxiety. Um, Subtle control issues like being super results focused. I don't know any high performers who are super driven and results focused, but at the end of the day, we cannot control the results. We can't. So I can't make somebody buy my program, but I can do everything within my control to make sure I'm showing up, I'm serving, I'm sharing, I'm available, you know, to influence the outcome. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how many people will just hustle. Hustle is another one. Hustle is a control issue. It blows people's mind. I'm like, what are you doing with all of this activity? Well, they're trying to basically control an outcome Mm -hmm. and they're killing themselves doing it. And it's like, there's a lot of those subtle control issues that show up in moderately effective leaders. (laughs) So, you know, I, I love that. I absolutely love that you gave that example. Cause I think that, um, you know, it's very true that at the root cause, if your business isn't doing what you want it to, Rather than thinking this is an external factor, it's, it's almost always internal. I have a, a client of mine. I just gave a talk last weekend on uh, on money. And it was a whole talk about where money comes from, how you get money, some money mindset talk. Um, and it, it's really just like understanding that the education system holds people back from being as successful as they should. It's designed that way. And that you need to embrace your own education and move away from the traditional education method to really get there. And uh, he quadrupled his monthly earnings in a single week. What? That's amazing. Just because he started realizing where the money in his business was come from. And he stopped sitting back and like waiting to get paid, which is the employee mindset. Mm. And he moved into, oh, I'm just going to go get it. And then he started getting it and and got the benefit from it. So, yeah, so I think that's super powerful. Um, In your your opinion, what would you say is... um, you know, the, the biggest thing that holds a company back from being successful um, with regards to leadership or, or anything else, um, you know, not being in flow or what have you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, at the at the end of the day, the the control issues that a lot of these leaders have keep them in a very reactive space. Right. So and I see this all the time, whether it's the leader actually creating sabotage by focusing on putting out the fires rather than the things that are going to help them get to the next level. I know I've done that, right? Where we have that success hangover and then we end up dimming our own light by, "Mm, let me just focus on this other stuff over here rather than the things that are truly move the needle forward. But where I see this the most is it's actually a lack of accountability, 
a lack of boundaries where it means accountability and consequences. And again, it starts internally for the leaders. They actually have to learn better boundaries. One, so they can begin shifting out of the control issues, trusting their team more, and really leveling up into the space of my job is no longer doing, it's actually supporting my team and me helping them shine. Like that is my new job and holding space and vision driving rather than being the doer. Mm-hmm. But the control issues keep them in the doing or just not really letting go or empowering their team. But that accountability piece is huge. And having those clearly defined, I mean, expectations, you know, that everybody's on the same page and then having consequences for that. I see so many that have these, they're like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I'm like, look, we're not, we're not dating and marrying people here based on potential. You know, we have to truly be in highest service of everyone involved. And that means holding everyone to a standard and having consequences. I love that. Yeah. And I think uh, being tough is a key component. So, so you have the influential event. Now you've got uh, an event coming up at the time of recording. I think, I don't know when it actually comes out, it might've already happened, but they happen all the time. What's your influential about event about? How does it work? So we do them quarterly. So this year we have, uh, yeah, the one coming up is May 13th. We have August 4th and these two are smaller quarterly ones. So February and then November, the one that you'll be speaking at is the, those are our larger, our larger events, right? Cause you know, we're kind of bookending the year, you know, big launch at the beginning, big closeout at the end of the year in, in getting ready for the next year. But the big thing is it's what we do is experiential. I think people go to events all the time and it's like rah, rah, motivation, inspiration, fill your cup, fill your notebook full of notes. And then you have all this stuff and you leave the energy of the space, but what happens? Nothing happens. (laughs) Nothing happens, right? Like we fizzle out on the energy Um, you know, we have some, maybe some emotional shifts and awarenesses some breakthroughs maybe, but the implementation after doesn't always happen. So for us, rather than fire hydrating, a ton of information, we actually create the space for you to really clear out some of the BS and tap into your inner knowing Mm -hmm. in a way that we just don't give ourselves the opportunity to do that. And so it's really stepping into this new level of clarity and confidence in knowing what your next steps are. And the coolest thing is we do the work there that generates the results. So you don't leave needing to create, do something. You did it there, had the experience, had the breakthrough, generated the results. And on top of it, had some, created some epic relationships to boot. So you know, it's intimate, it's powerful, it's transformative. I don't know. I'm sure you saw the way social media blew up after my last one and people, the results, I mean, we had a one month follow-up. I mean, people launched businesses and had 20K their first month just from this clarity moment. They're like, oh, there it was. They broke through that wall and just bam, everything aligned or that like multi-million dollar contract that they were chasing, they finally took the step back, created space, opened themselves up to receive, and they finally got it. 
Right. I love this. So how can somebody, if they want to learn more about it, where can they go? What's the best place for them to go for that? So uh, for the events, it is beinfluential.com slash event. Love it. And then anything else related to me, stacyraski.com. And of course we do put our events on there as well. Perfect. And we'll make sure that we put a link to that in the notes. So at the end of every single episode, we always finish with smart businesses do, and then basically have our guests say, you know, smart, smart businesses, and then whatever you think smart businesses do. So in your mind, Stacey Rasky, mm-hmm. what do smart businesses do? Personal accountability. Nice. All day, every day. And it starts with the leader. I love it. Smart businesses do personal accountability i love it yeah it's actually um it's really funny there's uh there was a post i know uh, you saw it as well in a group that we're both in where somebody drove by a giant building and in the parking lot every day in the morning when he drives by there's only one car there and it's this lamborghini and every night when he drives home the last car there is the same lamborghini it doesn't stay there overnight the guy leaves he's just the first one in and the last one to leave Mm -hmm. and there's a reason that guy has a lamborghini sure Sure. And just because he's, and just because he's there the whole day too, doesn't mean he's in hustle. Right. I think that's, you know, the big assumptions is that somebody's there just killing it, grinding it out the whole day. And that might not be the case. You know, his family may come visit. He may have afternoon siestas in the office. I know I do, you know, like if I feel like I need a nap. (laughs) It's actually funny. Obviously, it's audio only, but, but me and Stacey yeah. can see each other. And uh, just, just off camera here, I have a, a day lounger and I sleep in my day lounger for hours at a time. And it's funny because you know everyone's got this image of me hardworking. And I, and I do. I absolutely work hard. But the way that I work hardest is often in meditation, in silence, which looks like I'm napping. I'm, I'm, I do nap, but I'm often not napping. I'm just lying there in silence, my eyes closed. And uh, I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, you're not doing anything to my office. I ask a question. I'm like, ah, you ruined it. And then what do you mean I ruined it? And I was like, no, I was holding like a hundred different things in my head at the same time in my imaginary whiteboard in my mind. And I was building something. And that's where my clarity comes from. That's like my super, I do it for dinner as well. I cook all my meals for like half an hour in silence before I go and cook the meal. And then I go and cook the meal. And that way I've already done it a bunch of times. It's a really cool visualization technique. You see a lot of athletes do this. If they can't land a move gymnastics, they'll pause and look at the floor for a while and then they can do it. Um, And I do, uh, I do the same thing. I, I, I find a lot of very successful people. Like you said, they don't look like they're working, but it's that relaxation often is where the big work happens. It's true. I mean, but that's that influential leadership where you're able to take the step back out of the doing and realizing that your real power and abilities come from being able to hold that space, whether it's for yourself and your ideas and your creations or for other people on your team or for your clients, right? Like there's so much to that. So it is, it's like my siesta is like, it's meditation time. It's, it's, if something feels hard, I take a step back and I disconnect because no, there's always an easier way. We've just, we've just got to create space. (laughs) Stacey, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, guys. You should totally go and check her out. Stacey Rasky, R-A-S-K-E.com and uh, check out all her events. Stacey, thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you at your event in November. Thank you.
Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.